minute, crossfade. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. The Daily Talk Show. Jordan Evans is in the building. Hi guys, how's it going? Good. We're really Thanks. good. Thanks for coming. You're um, you've got a seasoning company. You that I do. Yes. Um, but you're also a human. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> can can you explain what sumac is? Do you know what sumac? Uh, it's a type of spice. Yeah. It's not in my seasonings though. Okay. I thought he was just stuffing up stuffing up turmeric. No, because I was being saying, I, I thought that I won't use this episode to go through all the spices and wondering what they are. <laughs> I'm but certainly not a spice expert. But okay, yeah. great. So how did, it, how did you actually end up having a seasoning company? It's pretty random, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you guys are into meal prepping Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, when I was back... <laughs> Bodybuilding. <laughs> I would love to be a meal prepper. I feel like the problem is that I've only gotten comfortable about, actually, I'm still not even there, about uh, eating leftovers. So, meal prepping, usually tight asses or people on a budget or bodybuilders. It, well, healthy, healthy people. But no, my wife and I, we do like bulk cooking sometimes on a Sunday. It's definitely not a ritual. But yeah, definitely like when you're trying to go cheap, el cheape, it's like flavor <laughs> and, and healthy. Yeah. Um, it goes out the window. So when I was doing some bodybuilding, my version Bodybuilding, hey? Not even. It's just like training like a bodybuilder, but then still getting pissed on the weekend. So okay, countering okay. all my good work Did you have on the, the tan? Weekend. Did you do the tan? No. Nah, I never did the tan. But we would do the, the meal. So like a whole bunch of meals that just were very bland. And so we would use some seasoning stuff. There you go. Do you like like everything we're saying? We're trying to tie back into... And if you could believe it, we're your seasoning. And that's why you're here. (laughs) No, but were you a bodybuilder? (laughs) No. No, I just... I didn't have a lot of time throughout the week. So kind of Sunday would come around and I'd get my chicken out, my veggies out, and then hop to the pantry to grab the seasoning. Um, And at the time I was working for a drinks company called Cappy. So, natural drinks company. Seen them. Yeah. C-A-P-P-I. Uh, one P. Is there like a, they're like a roundish bottle with yeah. a silver lid? Yeah. 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 I, I don't mind those. Yeah. Very good. Um. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to talk about that. It's like, uh, yeah. Ex-employer. Ex-employer. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Go on. So, you, um, you're working so at Cappy. Cappy, natural product and kind of started to get familiar with preservatives and hidden nasties and um, started to become more conscious with reading my labels. So, this particular Sunday, um, headed to the pantry to grab the, the usual, um, I won't say the brand, but the kind of the brand that I'd grown up with and trusted for years, the one that mum had used. And I was like, this shit tastes good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But what, what actually is in it? Mm-hmm. So turned the label around and kind of realised that no wonder it tasted good. There was chicken flavour 101 and... MSG and vegetable oil and this and that. And I was like, damn, Um, here I am going to South Melbourne market, buying good quality chicken and veg and then essentially shaking shit on it. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know where what has the most is those taco seasoning? Yeah. Hundred ingredients. Yeah. For doing your burrito or Makes taco your tongue mix. tingle. Oh my god, so salty, but it tastes so good. You're right. It's like annoying that they taste so good. Yeah. And so much shit in them. Well, I did that with Whole Thirty. So I did Whole Thirty, which was like a 
Uh, I forget what the principle is. Uh, you can't have all the nasty shit in it. It's got to be quite like you basically fresh food, uh, like organic Whole when food. you can, all that sort of thing. Days. Yeah, exactly. Is that it? Yeah. But the the interesting thing, I remember that diet. Uh, they had just said that potatoes were okay. And so I remember I ate a lot of hot chips, which was really <laughs> against the uh, sort of, you know, the whole ethos of the thing. But yeah, no, looking on the back, I remember being really upset at, uh, there was a, a yum chicken thing that Brie used from Costco and it was just like, had so much sugar in it. So upsetting. So, um, so you've, you've discovered that there's all this shit in there. So what'd you do? What's, what's the, what was the next So step? then I decided to chuck out kind of all the mass market seasonings that I had in my pantry and I had a few dry spices left and I thought I'd experiment a little bit in the kitchen so I always loved a seasoning simply for convenience like I hate you know paprika and cumin are cool by themselves but I kind of liked a little bit of this and a little bit of that cumin's so strong it is strong. I, I feel like it's the one thing that I can pick out of it like if you've added cumin I can mm. be like you've added cumin there you go. Yeah, anyway. Maybe that's me. He's known as a cumin guy. <laughs> cumin guy. <laughs> so so you, you had a few spices, you tried them out. Yeah, experimented in the kitchen and then kind of over time came up with some tasty blends that I used for my meal prep and it was honestly as simple as that. And then woke up next day, you got 35,000 followers on Insta. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Well done on that. Yeah. So cheers. when did you decide that you would actually turn it into a, a thing? Um, so I'd always had a bit of an entrepreneurial itch. So my grandpa owned his own business. My dad's own, owns still his own business. And Give it a plug. Bit of a plug. Evans Plumbing. Evans, there we go. <laughs> do we have a, a, a phone number? Or we could, I actually Just remember. Google. I did actually do that. I remember um, when my dad had a business doing a plug on community radio. It was sort of, <laughs> I was I was sick, in grade six and they said, did you want to say hello to anyone? And I said, Oh, I'd just like to say hi to my dad at Super Trick Radiators, your radiator specialist, as they started fading oh. down. <laughs> and what Very was your grandpa's sick. business? Uh, also a plumbing business. Right. Yeah. So I didn't want to start a plumbing business. No, no. Um, but yeah, always kind of had that entrepreneurial itch. And then I started at Cappy really kind of in that startup phase. So got familiar with how to kind of build a product and mm. from A to Z go to market with at that time it was a drinks brand but I kind of knew where to source a bottle from where to source a label and then when I started to get feedback from family and friends that this was some tasty shit and it didn't contain shit yeah. I was like oh maybe there's a market for some all natural seasonings so typical millennial in me was like I'm going to launch a business and launch an Instagram account yeah, and an great. online store. Have, that's what you got to have first. I mean, Hashtag yeah, awesome. Josh goes before he even thinks about the business, the Insta. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite is, so uh, on a quick side, I've uh, got an Instagram and I'm currently bidding on the .com for a company. I'm happy to announce it today. What is it? Uh, you've, you've heard about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Plain face. Yeah, which will go there later, but... No, we'll, Josh will make this about him yeah, the whole time yeah, and his I love new it. business plain, venture. No, plain face, P-L-A-N-E-F-A-C-E. Yeah. And the idea is uh, when you go on a plane, you know how you get a bit dehydrated. It's a mask specifically designed to wear on a, on a plane. Anyway. And how much do you Is that going to be a side hustle? Well, it was going to be a side hustle, but then I spoke to Zoe Foster Blake about it and said, hey, what do you think of this idea? And she was like, because my initial idea was you would get a pack 
of um uh, throughout the flight, you'd have different masks. And she said, you don't need to wear different masks. Your I face was, will come off by yeah, the end of it. I was sort of overdoing it with the masks. And because the original idea was that you'd go from, um, it was sort of a summer to winter or winter to summer pack. So depending on where you're flying, you'd be able to pick the season and you'd wear different masks. But apparently I'd overcomplicate it. Okay. So, Which is great though, because there's an excitement in that. And I think a lot of us have those moments where like, an idea, mm-hmm. fuck, there's a business, here's the Instagram. Yeah. But then what's the difference between taking it now to where you are? What was the next step after going, fuck, this is good? <laughs> yeah, so I guess, honestly, it was just a bit of a side hustle to test the waters. I had no business experience or knowledge, really. So I kind of recruited my sister and her husband at the time that – um you know, chartered accountants know their figures, know their numbers and kind of was like, hey, guys, do you want to be on this on this spice journey with me? Um, and so they kind of really helped me like set up the back end of the business. Um, but yeah, it honestly just really started organically. I realized that I didn't want to be another seasoning company with a chili or a garlic on the front of the label. So I decided to call my seasoning company Mingle and personify each seasoning product after a different girl's name that you could mingle with every night of the week. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I really was kind of trying to target that health conscious female age 25 to 45 like myself. Um, And it kind of just took off. Mm. People kind of really resonated with mingling in the kitchen and ended up being more than just tasty seasonings it was kind of this this feeling and this connection that people were kind of um I guess building with my product and that experience of transforming transforming their meals Mm. how much was that planned versus kind of grew organically I think I just constantly put myself in the customer's shoes and be like what kind of brand would I would resonate with me so it sounds kind of selfish, but I was like creating a brand for myself. That's a, like scratching your own itch is like one yeah. of the best ways to start a business, right? And it's kind of like the, Josh and I making videos. We make the ones that we are super interested in and, uh, you know, the stories resonate highly with us and maybe that will translate to others. How, yeah. much, of it, how much time, because I could get really into the brand stuff hence plain face which will probably never ever be a product let's be honest won't be a product i know i'm just picture, picturing myself in like economy and like with like some dude next to me with falling really asleep close. and then he wakes up and i've got like some mask on my face well, literally so part of the and this was the big selling point this was the the bit that i was going to that was going to sort of launch plain face was i was going to wear or i was going to get someone to wear the mask on a flight and have some sort of issue from a security point of view where the plane, where the, they're like, you're going to have to take it off. <laughs> and basically, then would be in the newspaper where Virgin Australia or Qantas would have to come out and say, can you wear face masks on a plane? Yeah. And when they said yes, they'd be like, CEO and founder Josh Jansen from Plane Face says this is a really good win. For, awesome. So that was, so there was definitely that, some guerrilla marketing. Guerrilla marketing. Yeah. It sort of requires. Um, the federal police, which isn't great. You don't want to, you don't want to have to worry about that. So, but so I'm obsessed. I get really into the brand type stuff. How do you balance brand versus what you're actually doing from a product point of view? And where do you where do you actually spend your time? 
Um, well, I think first first thing, the product had to taste great. Like mm. if it tastes like shit, but it's a really good brand, like <laughs> there's only so far you can go mm. with that. As much as the brand was still really important to me, I kind of – I didn't spend that much time on it Mm. um so I'm currently two years in being like okay now it's time to take two steps back to take 10 forward and kind of really sit down and and map out methodically where the brand's going yeah how does it how does it work do you just go and like going from a a residential kitchen where you're just making something for fun to a commercial sort of thing like are you going out like how do you find such big buckets of spice (laughs) Yeah, so it started off really Breaking Bad style, like, you know, had the the garlic on the shoulder and I I swear my neighbours thought I was, you know, doing some drug trafficking (laughs) (laughs) and just blending it, blending it at home. And then that got too much. So upgraded to Nan's um, granny flat. Right, really? Yep. Um, and then that got too much. So then we, we started outsourcing to like a third-party manufacturer. So, um, yeah, it's kind of where, where all the brand brands blend all their spices. So just knocked on a few doors and um, shared the recipe and the rest is history. Interesting. Did you hear about that person? I think it was in Oakley, uh, uh, an old person, I don't know, man or woman, but I'm picturing an old Greek guy cooking and roasting all these peppers and the whole suburb got like shut down they're like we don't know what's happening everyone can't go outside because their like eyes are watering (laughs) it's like everyone's coughing and this and this dude i'm imagining is just roasting all these peppers and the whole suburb they thought was on toxic lockdown that's crazy did it ever get to like that every when you were at home just like oh my god Oh, yeah, no, most of my clothes probably still smell like cumin and paprika. I knew it when you walked in. (laughs) (laughs) Even the turmeric guy over here. No, cumin. No, sumac. (laughs) Oh, no, No, I I smell the cumin, but I'm interested in sumac. (laughs) Um, And so what's the the actual process in regards to, you know – you know, is there a big jump or is it pretty simple from like, okay, this is like doing a small portion to a big one. Is it just like timesing everything by 10? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's so funny that a lot of people are like, how'd you do it? And I'm like, I'm just blending spices together and putting it in a bottle. Like it's, well, when you get trying to get them consistent, because you don't want every bottle tasting massively different. So no, I guess that's a factor. I'd be horrible. My math is shit ass. And so it would be equations to try and make sure that everything is yeah, specific. Yeah, a good old Excel spreadsheet and times 20 or, yeah, it just depends what I'm making. And so where do you sell, where do you sell Mingle seasoning at the moment? Um, so it started off just as, a, as an online store mm-hmm. and then kind of six months in, we had a, a, like a distributor that services health food stores and independent supermarkets contact us um, and then... Yeah, so to date, we're stocked in about 400 stockers around Australia. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And so what's the – and when you start getting from where you were to getting that amount of stockers, what actually, what is the change? What do you actually – what changes from an operational point of view? Um, so just recently, I did have to move manufacturers mm-hmm. um, really to accommodate for, for the amount of – um, seasonings that I was selling. Mm. Um, and I also recently went through like a food incubator program with Chobani yogurt. Mm. 
that really helped me kind of understand scaling a food brand, what's what's required from a manufacturing front in terms of spec sheets and quality control and kind of taking that that next leap. But they, got, cool. they got me in with the $1 sachets of yogurt and they upped the price. I can't find it for one buck anymore. Really? I'm sure 7-Eleven will do that with yeah, your coffee will, yeah. eventually. Yeah, it's three bucks but, for So that's interesting. Coffee. So Chibani, is that how you say it? Chibani? Chibani. Chibani. Yeah. Chibani. Uh, I used to say Chibani. How, how, how Where's would you say it? I don't know. <laughs> it sounded fancy. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is the problem. Hanging out with Tommy, you start saying stuff in a weird way. So Chibani. <laughs> so... um. So they've do, they're doing it. They do an incubator. Like, what what do they need from you? What's the deal? Um, there was no deal, which is really weird. I was like, "What's the catch, guys? Yeah. What's the incentive for them?" I, I guess mean, supporting people. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. So the founder of Chibani is like an absolute legend. He gave like a bunch of shares. Didn't he do something crazy? To his like employees. That? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's honestly, not happening with our company, Dodge. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, all, all our employees, they're all... No, we'll give all of our employees 50%. Yeah, but if they Every leave, single they one of zero. Them. Uh, yeah, so so tell us what what that was like and how did you get involved in the Chibani, Chibani. incubator? Um, so Chibani founder really wanted to, you know, still wants to give back to food entrepreneurs and share his learnings and if, I guess, he can help us along the journey and... Um, and not fuck up as much, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, then, yeah, that's that's kind of what he intended to do. So um, applied for the program and there were, I think, five food companies um, that got mentored for like four months. Mm-hmm. And it really, <clears throat> excuse me, um, helped, helped kind of become aware of how to scale, scale up a food brand. Did you, when you were going into it, do you think about, what mingle could be more than seasoning could you do that like i know that uh we thank you like you know thank you water and then they're like oh fuck we don't want to just do water we want to do all this sort of stuff have you thought about actually i want to be doing all of this other stuff and how do you reconcile that from a brand point of view yeah it's a tricky one i am quite the dreamer um Mm -hmm. and i do sometimes struggle with focus so i definitely have aspirations for mingle to be more than just a seasoning brand um and i guess my mission is really to like educate people about the nasties that are in food yeah and i think the reason why i started it was really the frustration that mass market brands were kind of setting this benchmark of what was acceptable and i was like this shit isn't acceptable and what was that benchmark what did it look like what were some of the shitty stuff that they accepted that you don't I just don't accept, you know, the the hidden nasties in in uh-huh. food. So you would hate the secret herbs and spices because they're KFC. K- yeah, K- <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I had a like because you are sort of the only spice expert that we've had on. I'm really uh, not a spice expert. <laughs> well, you're the closest thing we've had, so <laughs> I'll I, take that title hope, then. Yeah, um, <laughs> Do you know anything about the secret herbs and spices? Specifically, the question that I've always wondered is, what happens with people with allergies? How do you, if you're not to know what the secret herbs and spices are? Yeah, so if it's a secret, the recipe, you can't. just don't eat it. No, but what? So if I've got a nut allergy, how do I know that there's no nuts in the secret herbs and spices? Because they're not giving it's not away. a herbs or a spice. I get it. All right. That's question. True. You don't have an answer though. Do you? I, what's I, what's I the actual either. nasty? Like, what's the worst one that people are putting in? MSG, we know. MSG's okay though, is it or no? Oh, uh, it's kind of controversial at the moment. Is it good? Is it bad? 
It's like a bit like salt, no? I have no idea. I just remember in science they did this thing. Is it amami? Is that the thing that – what's the thing that – Oh, the, the Japanese. No, I thought that there's a specific taste that I – like I didn't really pay attention in science, but there was like another taste that we had which was like MSG, like you could taste MSG. Oh, I don't, right. I'm out of my depth. <laughs> um, yeah, so the nasty – so Tommy mentioned MSG. Yeah. I think the underlying thing is just having confidence with what you're consuming and I think – well, a I make my KFC pretty confidently. <laughs> so, stopping so any. What does it actually look like, though? Like, what should I what should I look out on the back? Um, so, there's quite a few hidden sugars in a lot of the seasonings, um, artificial flavors, colors, vegetable oil, um, MSG, mm-hmm. um, high amounts of like refined white table salt. Okay. Um, How do they hide the sugars? Is it still on the pack? It or? flat out says, yeah. Yeah, sugar. Okay, but sure. But I think, I think people just assume seasonings are, are, are healthy and so mm. don't really consciously look. Yeah. And also, you know what? If it tastes great, yeah. people don't really think twice. But It's pretty shit in McDonald's, but people are still eating it. So. Well, I think like it's – I remember being in New York and this guy had some um, – I was trying to be healthy and he was giving out free samples of tea. And I said, oh, is there any um, – uh, not sugar, sweeteners, okay. any sweeteners in it. He said, oh, no, just some um, organic cane. <laughs> organic <laughs> cane, go fuck yourself, bro, it's sugar. Stop cane trying to trick sugar. me. Yeah, yeah, organic, he called it organic cane. Didn't say the yes word. But I was just like, organic you Organic cane, that's this was hilarious. The reason, like, this is the reason why I was like so overweight was because, like not specifically because I was just drinking tea from this one guy. I'm sure there was a lot of, but sugar is the devil. I reckon like yeah. in the regards to like if I have anything that's sweet mm. it just sets me off on this crazy path of mm. self-destruction well, so all the sources and things like that I always look and try and find the one with the least ingredients so a product with the least ingredients that then doesn't have sugar in it mm-hmm. and it's probably the safer bet than going the one with hundreds of ingredients and that's when I'm being still being naughty so I guess if you can, you know, like I'm, and I, I, th- I look at this around Mexican food, Mexican sauces and marinades and things like that. They all just have such crap in them. And I think we've started being more conscious about this stuff. Have you seen like a, a rise in the interest in a product like yours and with the education people are going through about read the labels? Yeah, yeah. I, gu- I guess... These brands have been around for like 50 plus years. So mm. I definitely have quite the task to... Um, take them down. Yeah, take those bad boys <laughs> down. But, um, and convert, I guess, that mass consumer. Um, but yeah, I think certainly people are becoming more conscious of, of what's in their food. And um, yeah, I guess time will tell. Do you think that... I, could I, you know, with your different flavours, could I look at the back of your... Uh, um, what are the what's the glass thing? Called? What's a bottle? A bottle? Would you bottle? call it a bottle of spice? Yeah, or a shaker. A, a shaker. shaker. If I look, turn the shaker around and I just got the ingredients out that you'd written on there, could I basically emulate your seasoning through doing that? Y- yeah. Yep. Competitive edge. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's good, right? Like that's what you want. You want to be able to like it's a convenience product, really, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like so mm. me trying to like have a full spice rack all the time is too hard. Yeah. Like I'll just so many times we've gone to make something and we're like, we don't have sumac. Um, specifically <laughs> the sumac things. You never need sumac. Well, yeah. well, no, the th- the reason the sumac, I bring up sumac is because there's only one dish I do, which is a slow 
a slow cooked lamb. Yeah. And it uses like half a container of sumac. It's like a Middle Eastern type of thing. But I'm always stuck where it's like I've promised friends that I'm cooking this thing and then I'm like, we don't have sumac. Woolworths don't have it. The Asian grocer doesn't have it. And there's a panic to try and find sumac in Melbourne. (laughs) Watch out. But um, yeah, so is is there a need to create an edge or do you think convenience is just enough? Um, I honestly think convenience is is enough. Um, And it's funny because... I think you've hit the nail on the head that I, for the last two years, have kind of really been telling people what I do. Like I have a range of seasonings that have no nasties. Mm -hmm. But over time, I've realized this convenience element of people don't fucking want to measure out their spices. Mm -hmm. And when it's six o'clock, the thought of what's for dinner is, you know, the bane of everyone's existence. Mm So... I guess I'm really trying to tap into that convenience and all you need to do is shake it um, and it transforms your meal. How much, do you, meant to to use? How much, how huh? much do you meant to use of sp- spices? Like can you, do people tend to overspice, underspice. Are you meant to put it on the raw chicken and then cook it? Are you meant to add as you go? What's it like? I literally use, as I said in email, I'm a big baby man and I need to grow up because I just use Uber Eats all the time. <laughs> so what's the, like how, what's the best way to use it? Should I even treat it like some sort of Texas rub where I put it on the night before? What do you recommend? I recommend before you cook it. Okay. So simply just shake. Mm-hmm. I love a shake and bake. Yeah. So shake it on your protein, on your veg, in the oven, on the frying pan, mm-hmm. and you're good as gold. So and it's th- honestly as simple as that. I think, Josh, you'll have the bit covered where you actually purchase Jordan's spices, but yeah. the cooking bit is what we need to, we need to work <laughs> on. The actual, yeah. actual spending the time cooking because cooking can be fucking annoying yeah well just the cleanup that's the problem that i have is i just make such a mess and that's like the spice thing is the problem where it's like having it in one bottle so it's like eliminating the necessary things that i'm having to yeah. use um, and sorry you go on oh no i was just gonna say like a tablespoon of this and yeah. a tablespoon of that and it yeah and it, i get creative and i've fucked up so many meals yeah, so that's the issue yeah. as well is oh. like people get really creative and then by yeah. the end their meal tastes like shit minced, so it's just uh, minced like garlic <laughs> minced garlic is so fucking strong what, and too so much yeah too I've, much. i remember like making guacamole where i got like a tablespoon oh, of no. minced garlic and put it in oh geez it was just like it was like making people teary <laughs> Really um, bad. You, so I've always thought around having a brand, like so you've got your business, give it a name, but then it's like how injecting personality, do you front up yourself? Are you putting yourself there or are you trying to craft something? What have you, what's the approach been for you? Um, it's It's been a funny journey. So I think I've owned Mingle for two years and I would probably say only in the last like three or four months I've really – put started to put myself out there so I I felt like the brand had enough personality with the product with the communication that I didn't really need to be front and center and I think also the in that social media environment Mm. I just knew that you know posing with a crop top after my yoga class and like standing at a cafe taking a picture of my acai bowl Mm. was just like not my vibe Mm. and so yeah, I kind of have a separate identity away from Mingle and haven't really been like, hey, I'm the Mingle Spice Girl. Um, but you said you're coming in now. I'm, I'm coming in now, yeah. Now you're, so that's your last one, the acai bowl after yoga <laughs> is your last picture. <laughs> no, um, I, I've started to put myself out there, but I've, I've realised that 
you know, it's the raw, honest stories that are really resonating with people. So I have started an Instagram account very early days, but um, trying to share the, the ups and downs of how it is to run a company rather than just all the flashy shit and kind of how amazing is my life. But, you know, at 10 p.m. when I'm packing boxes still, like there is, yeah, this, I guess, fantasy and reality with this social media world. Is there something annoying about having to, I, you know, brand yourself as the Spice Girl or this sort of single sort of, because I, I, I realized that we spent like 28 minutes talking about spices and there's so much more to you and stuff that you've done. Do you see that as a challenge where it's like, actually, guys, I've got so much more to up? Because it is, for whatever reason, I don't know what, maybe it's because it's not a tech company. Like it's not like when you're talking about tech or something like that, there's yeah. all these areas which we naturally go. Whereas like when we talk about a physical product, it's even with Siam with Hey Tiger, you can get obsessed on like chocolate and all yeah. that sort of thing. Is, is that a frustration or something you think about? Yeah, yeah, I, I probably would say that, that I've kind of been winging it for the last two years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would probably say I'm a lot more than just spices, mm. um, but it's you do get kind of in, into that dangerous territory of being associated with your business mm. and that becoming a huge part of your identity. So I've tried my best to separate it and yeah. yeah. Well, so the, re- the reality is you, like your dad and your grandpa had their own businesses. It's a bit scary. Like oh, there's a lot of shit, yeah. comfort in working for somebody. And then did you grow up looking, cause I remember looking at my dad w- had his own business. It's like, he wasn't ever that worried. Um, not that I saw about money coming in. So there is that element of you need to put trust in what you're doing. Did you learn that stuff from your dad? Yeah, certainly. And I think my dad still like works his butt off and I kind of have just realized like business is hard work and it's grit and it's kind of getting your hands dirty. And I think it's a long-term gain mm. game and I'll, it will eventually pay off. So you're doing map uh what is that so yeah what what is map about i know a little bit about it we've had emails from a map no map uh melbourne Melbourne accelerator Accelerator program Program. Ah. yeah through melbourne uni so yeah (laughs) so explain yeah what are you doing at map and what does it mean when your business like it gets involved in map how does that all work yeah um so map is an accelerator program so every year Melbourne Uni supports 10 startups um, to help accelerate their business. Um, And applying for that program, I had major imposter syndrome because there are some crazy as entrepreneurs, tech startups um, in that space. Mm. Um, And I was like, who am I? I'm just this spice girl that blends some spices that Josh could probably create himself and you know, he already yeah. thinks he can. Yeah, we've got that. Watch out. There'll be a seasoning brand called probably Single Launching. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll just go. Yeah, the Uber Eats seasoning. Yeah. Plain spice. Use great. them on a plane. Plane's, actually, that's a great. Yeah, it comes with the plain face. Yeah, I've got a lot of ideas. A lot of ideas. Um, yeah, so you've, you, what was the actual process? What, what sort of information do they want to be able to back you in? Um, so I had to, had to pitch in front of like 50 people. That was the first round um, and it was like a three-minute pitch. 
it was timed and I'm not good with time constraints. It was like, hi, my name's Jordan. I'm the founder of Mingle Seasoning. Ah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you basically had to pitch the problem that you were solving, the traction that you'd had to date, um, the team. It was like, there was just a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> with your acai bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then second round was meeting uh, like a 45-minute interview. Were you shitting yourself throughout this whole thing or were you like, pretty good? Uh, no, I was shitting myself. Yeah. yeah. And I, But I also was like, you have to be in it to win it. Like, yeah. I think that's what I've realized that mm-hmm. you've got to put yourself out there and, and give it a go. Like, what did I have to lose? Um, and then third round was with some like heavy hitter investors where they kind of like, it's like Shark Tank style. Really? Yeah. No cameras. No, 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 no cameras, camera. but they were like, what's your cost per acquisition? And like, what's your five-year plan? And It's um, a good process. Yeah. Mm. You're, you're rushing this and you're not focused. And yeah, but it was, it was a great experience. How much of that stuff had you th- actually thought about? Um... Most of it I'd, I'd thought about, but they also were kind of calling me out on, on my shit as well. Like I'd recently pitched to Woolworths yeah. and um, I think it, it was kind of a goal of mine to get into a retail store. But I was, I'll, let's be honest, I was trying to take a leap instead of the next step. Mm-hmm. And one of the investors kind of called me out and was like, like you, you currently don't have a team. Like you need to, mm. you know, slowly build this business and and I think you're rushing going to Woolworths and she was right um yeah how do you do a food product uh so you started pretty much on e-com was that right started on e-com yeah how what's the you know what's the details around doing a food type product in the e-com space in the sense of what do people want like are they gonna like do people tend to buy once and then they're loyal what's some of the information that you have on that sort of thing um, Just for Josh's business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, pl- plain seasoning. Yeah. I need to work out all these yeah. details. Lots of tasty pictures. Yeah. I think yeah. inspiration, like people want to see tasty food mm. and like how they can use the product in kind of an everyday cooking context. Um, and then I guess in a digital context, it's all about it's all about those, those funnels and retargeting and, and getting the customers back to – to purchase more. Get them when they're weak. And, there, and there's <laughs> 5 p.m. almost at 6. Do I need spices? Yes. And, and clearly, <laughs> and clearly, like you've um, you've created something that a lot of people are identifying has so much value. Like all of these incubators that you're getting involved involved with. What has been the lesson? Because I guess you, you'd sort of been operating for like over a year before you started going into some of those. Like what what did you learn on the the other side of you know doing those pitches that you may have been sort of not thinking about um i guess focus i think focus was like the big thing that um yeah implementing from a to z what i'm set out to do and not being blindsided by you know a shiny carrot or like we, we all have great ideas, but it really comes down to executing mm. things and getting shit done. And so I'm a great talker. I'm a great pitcher. I can sell the dream. But at the end of the day, like it's numbers, yeah, and, yeah, it's it's the numbers, it's the action. And, and that's what's going to, um, I guess, keep my business alive. Mm, which is the the reality nowadays. You see people are seeing people with lots of followers on Instagram that might have a product, but if the business not, might not actually be doing 
any good if they're not thinking about this stuff. You know, like you've got 35,000 and it sounds like you've actually got your, your, your seasonings in lots of stores. So it's like you need both. You can't just have one or the other. I know you'd probably be better if you had the other of actually understanding the business side or do you need both. What do you think? No, I, I, I definitely think you need both. Like you need those fundamental essential elements of, of business. Um, and I've really been trying to implement this lean startup model. So I definitely like, it's so easy to scroll Instagram and be like, oh, that person has a flashy office and this and that. But like, you know, when you're a startup business, like let's keep it lean. Like yeah. for the first, when, once I quit my job for the first four months, I was working out of public libraries because I was like, let's just keep the overheads really damn low. Free Wi-Fi. Free Wi-Fi, <laughs> like sitting next to Bob, who's studying for VCE, like just. How committed's Bob? <laughs> yeah, VCE, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like the name choice. I was expecting Bob to be older than yeah, VCA. Yeah, no, bad, no, bad Rob, choice. Yeah. No, Rob, uh, Robbie, <laughs> <laughs> Robbie studying VCA. And so what if you had to spend money, where where do you think you can't sort of go wrong spending your money? Is there an, is there an area where it's like actually like we can't be tight in this area? Yeah, so I'm kind of there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so courtesy of the MAP program, the with some funds up for grabs. Um, and so now it's kind of, I need to invest in a staff member to kind of help me continue to grow this. Cause at the moment I'm a jack of all trades and yeah. probably a, not, a master of none. Uh-huh. Um, and also, you know, things like this, doing a podcast with two legends, but like thank currently, you, you. currently. Yeah. First time I've been called a legend <laughs> yeah, on the podcast. Yeah. We got mentioned as a model like, what did Jeff Jow had said? Oh, he said something like really Gucci nice. Gucci models too. walking yeah. in. Gucci models. <laughs> Gucci models. Never had Doing that before. Melbourne fashion. This is why we do it. Justice. This is why we do it. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, go on. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that currently legend. no one's working on my business right now. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of need to... Same with us, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I really need to, I think, invest in people and realise that I can't do everything and I can't be good at everything. So getting the right people on board. But it's scary. It's yeah. like... It's a whole salary. You don't realize how, like, for so long I ran my business as a single salary, like a good salary. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm doing well. But it's like, I'm literally just me. And as soon as I go on a holiday, it's all over. Yeah. Who, who do you hire first? What sort of area are you looking at hiring in? Um, so I've definitely been going back and forth. And originally I was like, it's a salesperson mm-hmm. um, because I need to continue to grow my business. Um, and now at the now I'm at the point I've written the position description that I it's going to be someone more in the operation side of things to help me kind of run the day to day side of the business so that I actually can go out and be that sales chick. Yeah, yeah. And how do you even uh, like this is something Tommy and I talk about a lot is forecasting <laughs> and how fucking dumb it is in some regards mm. where it's like oh all right well. We, we have this amount of listeners on the daily talk show, so we'll times it by two and that's how many yeah. we're going to get. And we we both know that we're just bullshitting. Yeah. How do you forecast without just being a massive bullshitter? <laughs> or do you just embrace the fact that you're a bit of a bullshitter? Like how do you work out like is, is, a, good, is a good seasoning business a $5 million a year business? Mm. Is it a $2 million? Like, how do you, how do you work that sort of stuff out? Um, look, I'm still, I'm still working it out. So yeah. I'll let you know, but um, 
I th- I kind of am working like month on month. Mm-hmm. So how many new accounts do I have to get? And I haven't, to be honest, really mapped out where the end goal is. Yeah. But if I can live, you know, a comfortable life and continue to grow year on year, then mm-hmm. I'm a pretty happy camper. But do you think it's important though to find some, you said like the end, you don't know where that is because there probably is no end other than death. Fuck, I took that deep. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, real, real dark. Thinking ahead, going, just coming up with one place, a destination, maybe it is. Yeah. Because it will change when you get there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, do you think it's actually important to... Yeah, do you think, is it lifestyle? Are you thinking about like, this is the lifestyle I want or these are the types of customers I want or this is the impact? Like what is the actual, other than revenue, what's the metric that you're using, do you think? For me, it's impact. Mm -hmm. It's like, I get so excited when, you know, a mum emails me going, hey, my kids now eat veggies or like I feel really confident now flavoring my food and my kids love, love mingle. Yeah, great. Um, So it's really sharing that, that, message and i always say the cooking experience is more flavorsome than just the food it's about people connecting over food it's about that experience that people feel like a master chef and that you can with mingle you can transform your meal with one shake so it's it's kind of spreading that message and getting people to connect over their tasty creations crazy people actually write in not so like I'm, i'm surprised when people write into our show, which is amazing. But I'm yeah. like, whoa, this is so cool. Like that's for us. And I could imagine you getting those going, holy shit, someone's written to me about Spice. Yeah, what sort of, that what keeps sort of me going. Do you get? Well, like what sort of people reach out? What do they say? So you said the, the sort of the parent, any, any oddballs, any weird ones? Any weird ones? I mean, people do... Like I get a few like Sophia, she's spiced up my life. <laughs> so what are the how many flavor how many different seasonings do you have? Um, so I've got I've got seven at the moment, and I'm kind of working on a few new ones. And so is it about uh, one's good for chicken, one's good for lamb, this one's good for veggies, and a question. If I'm if I'm using it, should I use a different one for my veggies than I do for my meat, so that it adds some difference different complexities um so it's a range of different flavors Mm -hmm. that you can or you can shake any of them on your chicken or your veg so it's really for everyday cooking just a like different flavors for a different day to keep things spicy and Variety is the spice of life. Ooh, now, you have got some serious <laughs> like one-liners that you've worked out. <laughs> is yeah. Is is the um, you know what's what's a typical day? What do you actually do? Like I I feel like I can get into. I love writing copy, and that's a good way that like with Tommy and my new business is like the the first thing that we've been doing is actually writing the copy for the website because it actually works out like what are we trying to communicate what are we offering like where do you spend your time nowadays what does it look like um i i guess previously was a bit of a shocker like i'd look at my to-do list and everything was kind of deemed to be important Mm. but i'm slowly realizing i've got to um work on the things that are going to move the needle Mm-hmm. And for me at the moment, that's really like more customers. Um, so at the moment, it's kind of first start of the the start of the day is really like customer acquisition. What's the digital strategy? Where are we at with numbers? And then how are we going to kind of get get to those numbers for the week? And is it a business that sort of 
an end goal could be acquisition. Like, what does like? Do you even think about that sort of Not stuff? Not by the other asshole. Spice <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that can happen, that. right? Like, that's like uh, one of the you know big supermarkets buy like indie ones all the time. Like, have you thought about that sort of side of things? I've cer- I've certainly thought about it, but it's not the reason why I started my business. Mm. And I think if you if you start a business just purely based on the numbers and figures, like kudos to you, but it's just I, I can't wake up every day thinking of of Master Foods buying me. I yeah. mean, if you're if you're out there, let me know. <laughs> like, let's mingle. But zinger, mingle zinger, and so the. Um, uh, what what is the what would be the next category to, like what else what else excites you outside of spice that you would do a business in do you think i've definitely looked into sauces and yeah. dressings yeah. um and i guess yeah that's probably a, a five-year plan i've got a few curry blends coming out in the next month or so what's the difference between a curry blend and a curry paste so yeah. one's dry and one's wet. Okay. Yeah. They're quite popular at the moment, like the risotto ones where they it's actually got the risotto in the bag oh, of I dry. Seen, I and so you just like ones. literally pour it out into water. Boom. Oh, that's, that's and, handy. Then you, and it's got the stock and the spices and, the, and then it just cooks. Damn. That is pretty handy. That Being is a, handy. Would you They're ever, overpriced, I didn't buy it. <laughs> yeah, would, would you ever do that? Like is that is – would it be against your ethos to – put the seasoning directly on the chicken so people could like is that even a thing could people do that have you thought about it i have thought of that or a little like sachet on on the ingham chicken packets yeah Mm. um yeah no that that definitely is a consideration but yeah once again kind of focus and at the moment it's like realizing that i'm one human i've got 24 minus eight hours of sleep like I've only got certain hours in the day and I've kind of I've got to keep my eye on on that good to know you're getting eight hours by the way eight hours is important how good is sleep yeah I, I literally got six and my eyes like twitching like oh, well, it's, it's poor real, Bubby <laughs> poor Bubby <laughs> <laughs> he's about to go on holidays tonight. but you're working hard up until the end I'm not really like it's pretty like compared we're to we're doing podcasts yeah compared to what Jordan's <laughs> doing it's a bit of a joke I feel a bit embarrassed I, I was just thinking about that person in the incubator program or no the um, map mm. saying oh you probably shouldn't have gone for the Coles or Woolworths yeah. thing. And I was like, fuck, if you landed that, you might fuck it up or you yeah. might totally win. And it's like, I think people giving advice on what you should and shouldn't do yeah. and where you should be placing. And it's like, the, how do you know what's good advice? Because if that, if you won that, it would have paid off. Yeah. Which yeah. is questioning. I think it's about questioning the default thinking around it, right? So it's not like, it's not that that's the wrong approach, but it's asking like, does that work within the filters of what I'm tr- trying to do? And is it, if the, yeah, I think Did that dishearten you at all when you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. No, I, I, to be honest, you have to have thick skin in this startup environment, but it has in the last few weeks really got quite noisy. Like I think opinions are like assholes. Like there's always one. <laughs> And people like really <laughs> do want to share their opinion and mm. project their experience or like, and people genuinely do want to help me. And I really have started to learn to consolidate ideas and go, okay, what's, what's right for me? Um, 
Yeah. So it's about processing all the advice and tips and tricks that I'm being given and then kind of picking, picking a few that apply to me, but I, I don't regret pitching for Woolworths to be honest. Like I think part of your journey and it's like to, to get to the point of like getting that bit of advice, you had to do that and like learn it yourself. Yeah. I, um, that meeting though was bloody to get to that meeting was a bloody nightmare. So I hid in the shop all night (laughs) (laughs) in this vice aisle. No. So Woolworths head office is like an hour and a half away, about an hour away from Sydney city. Mm -hmm. And um, so I decided to stay at a hotel the night before, right near Woolworths HQ. So it was just a cheeky 10 minute drive, get there early um, and just, Keep calm, be in the zone. <laughs> anyway, it was like bumper to bumper traffic. Right. My, I think the buyer picked this time to test me. It was yeah. a 9 a.m. meeting. So I think there's about 2,000 people that work at Woolworths HQ. So, I were, so all the bumper to bumper was just the car park, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it was like I had I allowed 45 minutes from the hotel, 10-minute drive to get into Woolworths HQ. And I had... I didn't move for like 10, 15 minutes. No. And I Were was you like, in an Uber or what was the... I was driving. You were driving. I had a, can't ditch yeah, the car. I had a hired four-wheel drive. <laughs> so this worked in my favor. Okay. So bumper to bumper and I was like, what am I going to do? So I ended up veering left instead of going right. And I was like, I'll do a U-turn. And then um, got to the lights, missed two or three rounds of lights. And I was like, shit what like I'm gonna miss this meeting and I've worked so hard and also you don't get many chances to pitch to Woolworths what would what do you bring prop wise do you have like all your seasonings and shit like that like do you have a t-shirt on like how hard do you go <laughs> in the brand yeah <laughs> uh what did I have I had some sweet potatoes some olive oil I had some shake and bake kits you had and- actual sweet potato yeah okay and, you, and it was uncooked. just un- uncooked it was kind of like take this home and and mingle in the kitchen Okay, and yeah. it, was it sold in like a pitch? Like how, how did they, what was the communication that you had beforehand? Uh, the communication was like, hey, I'm the Spice Girl trying to shake things up in the Spice Isle. Um, mentioning Chibani did help. I was mm-hmm. like, Chibani, Chibani, Chibani. <laughs> <laughs> or is it Chibani? Tommy, is that you? <laughs> Um, and I guess those retailers, they constantly want to, you know, innovate and look at new products. So I, I did get a reply quite quickly. So I was like, woohoo, like maybe I'm onto something, but yeah. Um, so it'd been a little bit of work. So, but there was, there was definitely, you felt that you landed this opportunity that you were ex- not necessarily expecting like you were True, yeah. and so you're you're in the car you've you've hit a few lights what happens next then good old george mounts the curb because i was just like <laughs> you've done I, a tummy. yeah <laughs> it was like fast and furious style it's just like foot on the accelerator i was like passing everyone waving like sorry sorry i was like please like i hope i don't see the buyer that yeah. i'm like oh. about to meet they probably would respect that right? yeah um and anyway made it with like two minutes to spare Shit. um but it kind of worked in my favor because then the buyer came out and um he was like how's your morning been and i was like well this just shows like the level of dedication that i'm i'm willing to bloody drive illegally for Woolworths. yeah great. 
So yeah, you told he, him about he, mounting the curb. I did, yeah. But it kind of like I think in those professional meetings and mm. contexts, and also I think buyers, retail buyers especially, just have a bad rep in the in the industry for being known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, it kind of put our meeting back to that human level. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. It kind of eased so, the nerves. So did you spend time in reception? I always find that interesting i feel like less as you get older and you're doing more things i feel like this feels like it's one of those pivotal moments where it doesn't matter how old you are how much experience you've had this this meeting is going to have that sort of anxiety how does it come out for you do you do you get all sweaty i like sweat profusely which is like yeah it's sort of annoying what's what was your uh what were the 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 monologue was the monologue like in your head um i definitely had sweaty palms right um, but I also, I tried to not be attached to the outcome. Mm. I was like, Woolworths doesn't define the success of my product. Like I'm rocking up here. I'm going to know more about how to pitch mm. like, and I'm going to learn a lot. And I think that's maybe why this journey has been so fun. And I'm kind of just progressively, I'm just learning day in, day out. And, um, did he hit you with anything that you couldn't answer? No, I guess the the Chobani program did help with that. So we kind of worked through different personas of different buyers um, throughout that that course of that program. So what do they care about? What do they ask? I mean, it's very numbers driven, uh-huh. um, and it's also like, how are you going to bring new shoppers to my aisle? So it's so they want to see potentially like a digital spend that you're doing or something like that, or what? What does it actually look like? It's yeah, you certainly have to pitch some marketing um marketing numbers and support that for them yeah they won't spend that yeah no so yeah you're basically pitching that you're going to drive new shoppers into that aisle that are going to buy more spices and seasonings Mm, well what is the next like big milestone for you uh you know what is the the next big meeting or do you not see it like that um I I do have intentions of at the end of the year pitching to Woolworths friends, yeah. um, good old Coles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but once again, not attached to the outcome. So I think the power of having a digital business is it works in my favor. And I really do love having that direct relationship with my customers. Um, and it sometimes frustrates me when there is a middleman that doesn't believe as much in my product and it kind of is like oh you know this outcome is determined by you and your kpis and Mm. and what you need to do for your job um so that does frustrate me a little bit so open to pitching to retailers and i think that is kind of the end goal because that drives you know that there that is mass retail and allows for my product to be accessible to the masses but at the same time um, I'm, I can still rock it without, without the retailers. What's, what's the, you know, obviously throughout all of this, especially the incubators, you've dealt with a lot of sort of what would be considered mentors. What makes a good mentor? What makes a bad mentor? Like how can mentors do a better job and where do they go wrong, do you think? Great question. Um, good mentors acknowledge where I'm at in my business Mm -hmm. so it's very easy for someone to be like oh just get an executive assistant or (laughs) um 
oh, just do this. And it's like actually being in touch with reality and kind of where I am um, rather than maybe where they are in their business. Mm. Um, And yeah, so I I definitely have a a few mentors. Um, I like people calling me out on my shit. Yeah. Um, and giving me a fresh perspective because it's so easy to get caught up in that, in that bubble, um, and think that people care as much about your product as what I do. So really just being that, that soundboard of, of support. Um, have you found a mentor? I mean, you're not looking for, are you looking for someone who's in the spice business or are you looking for someone outside of In a different category. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been pretty lucky in the last probably six months, just people kind of coming into my life. Um, so I kind of look for, for people that have different skill sets. So I don't come from an accounting business background. So definitely in that space, um, I've got one mentor. It's actually, um, Pete's brother oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. who I did the alt MBA with. Yeah. Yeah. Peter Shepard's brother, Peter, we had on the, the show previously. We did. Yeah, so he's really been helping me with the the grind of numbers and more the kind of business strategy um, stuff. Um, and then, yeah, definitely someone in that FMCG food space. Mm-hmm. Um, so tapping into the the Melbourne Uni Map community has been pretty pretty great for that. Um, and also the the guys at Chobani, kind of even though that program's finished, it's kind of the doors are always open, so I can always always get some help there. Have you found anyone that you're helping? Because I think mentors are a funny thing. I look, I think about the people I have. I've chosen them. They haven't gone, hey, Tommy, I want to be your mentor. Because then I'll be like, it's not fucked. even as formal as that, right? It's no, always I'm saying, yeah. you never, I just chose them personally. I resonated yeah. with their advice or whatever and I respect them. So it's like, have you found that with you that you can identify anyone that's come to you going, oh, can you help me? Or I'm kind of always open to helping people. So whether it's friends starting a little side hustle or. Um, yeah, people, people touching, touching base with me. I, I love to pay it forward. And if I can share some of my insights and, you know, good points and fuck ups and they can learn from that, then Mm. I'm, I'm always happy to share. Mm. Um, and also because other people on their journey have given me that mentorship and, um, and those learnings, it's, it's nice to pay it forward, um, to others. How do you decide to how do you decide on which ones to take up? Like I got an email before someone, I don't know how he found me. Through YouTube. It's must have seen my videos and his thing was, I'll, the headline subject was, I'll work for you for free, which is, oh, fuck, that sounds appealing. <laughs> <laughs> Go for that. But then I might just be a suck of my time. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. How do you go about that knowing what... Do you have any strategies on like what do, what do people care about? Um, yeah, like how do you show, show value? Um, I, I am starting to realize that I do have to say no to a few people. Mm -hmm. Um, especially now that I'm starting to put myself out there. Um, so it's really just sussing people out. And if it's, if it comes across really self-motivated or I also just want to connect with like really great people that are just doing good good things so it shouldn't feel too transactional right yeah, I, think that I think that's if that's it says thing. to whom it may concern or fucking <laughs> high, high full stack films it's like all right to the founder all right fucker <laughs> like at least or like i'm i'm uh, the 
the uh, recipient not disclosed because they've fucking BCC'd me with 10 other yeah, people. True. It's just like there are those and Tommy and I have done whole episodes about that shit where it's yeah. like especially when I tweaked all the search engine optimization for my business, the type of people that reach out and the people that stand out are the ones that actually like connect on a human level, yeah. actually say your name mm. and they, mm. they connect with exactly, they be specific, yeah. being specific, I think is really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, the power of questions. But I, um, I do agree. That's why I hate contrived networking. Like yeah. it's so oh, yeah. transactional. It's yeah. like how can I get something out of this person? Isn't that just LinkedIn? (laughs) (laughs) It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Networking, I think it can, can be really gross. How, one thing I wanted to know is how you you, you like being called out on your bullshit. Are you about to call her out? No, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, work out, uh, how do you invite people in to do that? Because it seems like one of those areas that people don't necessarily want to slam you, but even with this podcast, I'll preface conversations I have with people. It's like, hey, can you tell me something you hate about the podcast? And Mm -hmm. it's like, I want you to slam me right now. Yeah. And like trying to encourage people to, because the negative feedback Mm. is the stuff that's going to help us grow. What I've I've watched though, when Josh says this to people, so give us negative feedback. Mm. Not that they don't, and I'm not thinking that they've got nothing bad to say about our show because it's perfect, which it is. but, (laughs) But what I think is people maybe don't even go there or they're not willing to go there. So it's the type of person that will say, all right, so you fucked up at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the type. So you, well, Rob Ward is really good at that, right? Which is like going super analytical and being like, actually, like there was this one bit in this episode or that. And like, I love that. Like that to me is a great mentor and someone who's providing great feedback. How do you, is there a method that you have in teasing that out and encouraging people just to slam you? Yeah, I I love that stuff. So I think also that's why I was so excited to be part of this MAP, Melbourne Uni program, is to get out of my health fitspo bubble, food bubble, and be around like engineers and tech nerds and really people coming from all different facets of life that have a fresh new perspective. And if I do eventually want my brand to be a mass market brand, like... I need to convert, you know, the Joe Blow that um, maybe is driven by price or yeah. driven by something else. So, um, I I love seeking out, yeah, the negative side. Well, that's yeah, yeah that's how you're going to improve. Mm-hmm. What was it? So you mentioned old MBA. What was your experience like with that? What was yeah? What'd you do? Tell us about it. Yeah. Um, so epic experience. Mm-hmm. I. I quit my job and kind of was looking for an opportunity to upskill myself. Um, it was bloody intense. Yeah. Four weeks of like shipping constantly. Did they have the Australian time zone when you did it? Yeah. So that was the, the first cohort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great experience for me to kind of push through that resistance of shipping things that were maybe 80% of the way there. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a massive perfectionist and um, yeah, it got me into that mentality of kind of just ship it and, and, and keep rolling and gaining that, that momentum. When did you do it? Uh, Start of the year. Oh, great. So for, because automatically I'm like, oh fuck, I've got a business. I can't, I've got no time to do something like study as well. Yeah. Did you, what did you find? How was that experience? Yeah, no, pretty intense. Like the, I think you had to ship something nearly every day. 
Um, Shipping physi- doesn't mean physically sending yeah, out a sorry. package. <laughs> yeah, what, what <laughs> is no, that? I get it. I love it. <laughs> Seth Godin talks a lot about it, which is his program, the yeah. old MBA. So, yeah, what does it look like? What, what, what sort of projects are you shipping each day? Um, so it's it's very driven by the curriculum and um, Seth obviously has kind of his um, methodologies um, and topics to kind of cover, but it's really writing reflection pieces. And I think what was refreshing as well is you go throughout school and you're so driven by getting marks and seeking that A or seeking that high distinction. But this, I guess, over the course of the four weeks, you, you don't really, you don't get any of the, those kind of external validations other than that peer-to-peer feedback. Mm-hmm. So you write a reflection piece um, and then you get peers kind of commenting and asking you questions, things that you kind of maybe didn't think of. Um, and then I think you have a day or two to kind of reflect on those questions and then you write a reflection piece based on based on that peer feedback. How many how many people were doing the the course when you did it? Oh, I think there were maybe maybe 40, mm-hmm. 40 people. Yeah, I definitely was the youngest and yeah. I think that's that was a big lesson is like when I feel uncomfortable and sometimes like, oh damn, I feel like I'm the dumbest person in the in the room, that's where I learned the most. Yeah, absolutely. How old are you? 26. 26. I did a life coaching course at 19, so how do you think I remember? Uh, I was that's very wisdom. Young. That's weird. That's weird, yeah. Look at, him, look at him now. Look at me now. What about um, external people outside of your world? Like, for instance, uh, people like to, I, I think, bring you down. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but yeah. someone said to me, oh, how's your little podcast? And it just sounded really patronising. He's like, well, fucking, it's not that little. You know, well, that's what I think. But I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's great. But I thought about him and how he said it and how he phrased it probably didn't mean much behind it yeah but people do like to categorize you oh has your little and we also love yeah. to read into shit too right like yeah. when you're doing about it on the podcast when, yeah. you're, when you're doing it on your own like the, the yeah. you have the ability just to go real in yeah. do, you, do you find that that sort of stuff did it used to rattle you do you how yeah, do you yeah, when spice business yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i think tall poppy syndrome especially in australia is is pretty huge so I think maybe that's as well why I've taken so long to kind of put myself out there as as the founder. Yeah, maybe driven by a little bit of criticism or people being like, who does she think she is? Um, so once again, I, I love feedback. I, I kind of, I love that kind of pushback. Um, well, if you turn it into fuel, it's not going to affect you as much. So you're going, okay, I take this on. Yeah. I need it or not. Yeah. Carry like, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry on. What well, yeah. seems hard to... Imp- little fucking dumb business that they've got. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard, it seems hard to improve from positive feedback, to be honest. Like to me, like for someone who loves change, I find it hard to take positive feedback because for me, it doesn't give me anything new that I can actually implement. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes this stagnant... Like I think that the day that we stop getting negative feedback, I'll probably struggle because i always need something like what can i do next time that's going to make it a little bit better than yeah. the, the one but before i think the other side of that is maybe not being able to celebrate the wins because that's a really positive thing to be doing yeah, yeah. Like, that's well, true we've got to where we have because we've done so much hard work yeah because that doesn't feel like you're moving forward and i feel you as well i feel yeah. almost a bit, a bit the same yeah what's no that, a, that's certainly true i'm trying to um 
appreciate the the little wins along the mm. along the journey because it's so easy to be like and next yeah. yeah I got pulled up by a client once when she was giving me a compliment um, about the video stuff and she said oh, you're shit ass at taking a compliment aren't you yeah and it was really it was like so true I don't like it made me feel uncomfortable when, when you were patting me on the back in that moment but if I owned it, say so yeah, thank you so much for that. I heard something where it was like, if you if you do, you've got to be good at accepting compliments more for the other person as well, because mm. if they're giving you a compliment and you can't take it, mm-hmm. you've sort of fucked the transact. Like you've <laughs> fucked it for them because they've tried to yeah. say something nice and you've basically just thrown Rejected it back it. in their face. Yeah. So just being, you know, yeah, I mean, empathy for the person because I think it, it can be hard. Giving somebody a good compliment, As I've which said, sounds weird, right? My ears ring when I do it. I can't be nice to people. Yeah. <laughs> Freaks you out. Yeah. It's vulnerable. Know. It's yeah. like, yeah. Maybe it's because of how you react to positive feedback that you're going, fuck, if I give this positive, they're going to freak out and they'll feel like I do. It's a, Maybe there's a level of vulnerability there. Yeah. Or it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Sort of weird. So whereabouts well, I, can't, is, I can't give you any positive feedback on your spices. Oh. Because we go try, so where can we buy? So uh, mingle seasoning. You said four hundred. Like what the fuck? That's a lot of places. Yeah. How, how does shelf life work quickly? Uh, so I've got eighteen months shelf life. Oh great. Yeah. So spices is kind of they they last a, a long time. Oh that's good. And so yeah, where can people buy it? Um, I'm gonna say mingleseasoning.com so yeah, I can I know. can yeah take take that conversion yeah, yeah and absolutely and given that we don't sell anything if you listen to the show and you need seasoning get mingle seasoning take a fucking photo and send it to us hi at the daily talk show.com with your acai bowl yeah with your fucking <laughs> In your yoga pants yeah I'm excited like I was saying like I'm excited to um when I get back to Melbourne like start cooking and the meal like meal prep and shit yeah like it's just like it's the same ethos of wearing the same clothes, like being able to like have one thing that I don't have to think about. Yeah. Is nice. Maybe, maybe Jordan, you can be Josh's mentor in the, um, in the meal, cooking, prep, meal yeah. prepping scene. Meal prep cooking. Yeah. Well, Tommy's planning for us to do all this uh, gains. Exercising. Exercise. <laughs> yeah, exercise. exercise. Yeah, that's been me. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Evans, thanks for being on. What's, your, what's your Instagram, by the way? Because you just started it too. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Mingle Spice Girl. Yeah, sick. Awesome. Spice up your life. It's a daily talk show, everyone. I hope all is, uh, hope all is well. I hope oh, you're yeah. enjoying it. Hi your... at the Daily Talk Show. Yeah. Hit us up. Dot com. Boom. Thanks, Go guys. Bye. <laughs>